Welcome, this is the Change Creator Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Change Creator Podcast show. This is your host, Adam Force. Um, if you missed the last episode, it was with Susan Meyer. We talk about electrifying your brand strategy. She had lots of good inputs and insights and some great experience to share. So if you missed it, go back. You'll get some good nuggets out of that. In this episode, we're going to be talking with Travis Chambers. He is the founder of Chamber Media, and he was listed on the Forbes 30 Under 30, which is pretty cool. And um, right now, I think they have a team of about 30 people. Uh, The agency tripled the revenue of four multi-million dollar uh, direct-to-consumer companies, and they've driven $300 million in tracked revenue and garnered 400 million views across Facebook and Google channels. Um, Pretty cool, man. I mean, these guys have definitely done something right. And they have some really great video expertise. Um, he's been a keynote speaker at Google, at the Google growth summit, VidCon and other things like that. Um, also, I think the, the Bill and Melinda Gates uh, Foundation, and he was featured in Inc. and Entrepreneur and all that kind of stuff. So um, this guy's been around. He's done a lot of good stuff, and he's got a lot of great experience. So we're going to have a really good conversation about marketing and video and all that good stuff, something that we all need today um, as we're pushing our businesses to the next level. We're trying to connect with people. We're trying to build trust. How do we do it? How do we cut through the noise? Uh, so hang tight, and we're going to have that conversation with Travis in just a minute. If you guys haven't stopped by changecreator.com in a while, swing by. We'd love to see you. Um, lots of fresh content coming out over there. We have a new um, a new resource we're going to be putting out there very soon. So keep an, your eyes peeled. You'll get updates on our Facebook channel. So if you're not following us on Facebook, make sure you're following us there. And you can join our group, The Profitable Digital Impact Entrepreneur, when you want to get serious about scaling your business and making it profitable. It's one thing to have a passion. It's another thing to go from hobby to business, right? So um, check us out over there, guys, when you're ready. And we'd love to see you. Um, outside of that, I think we're ready to rock and roll. Um, one thing I will mention as super inspired last week, I'm, I'm in a mastermind with my co-founder, Amy, and I went to California at Redondo Beach for this small summit. It was just 40 of us that are in this mastermind. And it's, you know, a program that you're part of and it's a paid program, right? You pay in and you pay a lot of money <laughs> and you're part of these masterminds and it's the idea is to elevate what you're doing, right? And I will tell you, I've been to a lot of conferences, I've spoken at conferences, all that stuff, and they're great. But when you're in a paid program and you're in a community of like-minded people who are doing what you're doing, I cannot believe the power of that conference. So, you know, moving forward, this is a focus and I'm just putting it out there because as you guys are thinking about where conferences do I go to, where should I spend my time Um, getting involved in these communities and really hooking up with these guys that can elevate you? I mean, it makes a massive difference. I had a stellar time. The networking was incredible. um, And you just feel like you're pushing yourself to the next level just from that community, right? So anyway, just throwing that out there because I was super inspired and appreciative of everybody that I connected with out in California. Um, Let's jump into this conversation with Travis and talk about video, talk about marketing and how we can sell more. All right. Okay, show me the heat. I know you're gonna dig this. Hey Travis, welcome to the Change Creator Podcast show. How you doing today, man? 
Oh, I'm doing good, man. And I'm just doing so much better now that I'm talking to you. <laughs> That's very nice. <laughs> well, I appreciate you being here. It looks like you've had a lot of exciting stuff going on. So we're going to dig into it and see uh, see what you got in your brain that we can uh, get from you to steal your secrets. So tell us a little bit about just, you know, what's the latest and greatest in Travis's world today? What's What are you pumped about? What's going on? Well, you know, in the last year and a half, we grew a business from uh, six to twenty, <clears throat> and we just went through all these these new experiences on uh, on scaling, and um, so it, it's been really exciting to like see see our business grow and then and see all the new learnings and things I have to learn in order yeah. to to master all that and and um, and learn how to teach. You know what I mean? We, yep. we do a lot of video marketing and ad buying, and so I've had to transition from knowing how to do to knowing how to teach which has been more difficult than i thought it would be <laughs> yeah no i i know that feeling so so just give me a little bit of history on how um you know you kind of got started with chamber media and and why you started i just want to get that little bit of background yeah so um i was in college i uh, i was always very entrepreneurial i had an mma fight promotion that i put on a few thousand people showed up ran a painting <laughs> company which didn't make any money um but eventually got really interested in video and uh, me and my wife put out a video actually of just us being dumb and it went mega viral we were on tosh.0 real more real um um good morning america uh true tv we made like 40 grand on this video and paid off our student loans and bought a car. And um, anyways, that led to a job in LA, funny enough, at Crispin Porter and Bogusky, um, which is a, one, of the, one of the better, more premier ad agencies that I had dreamed of going to all through college, but everyone said it was impossible to get in there. And they happened to reach out to license our video for Kraft Mac and Cheese. And I said, well, how about a job? And they gave me one. <laughs> So I become the uh, in-house, all of a sudden it's become the in-house viral video expert. And a year later, Turkish Airlines says, we want to make the most viral out of all time. They pointed at me and sure enough, we pulled it off. We got 150 million views, 3 million shares. Um, we had Kobe Bryant and Lionel Messi in the commercial. And um, I wanted a 20th Century Fox as the social media director. I, I royally, royally sucked <laughs> at that job. <laughs> I was just way out of my depth. I thought I was way smarter than I was. Anyways, I docked. Well, they let me go. After three <laughs> months, I started, had a baby. Dad got Parkinson's, had a early midlife crisis, started Chamber Media. And um, first year we did, you know, half a million revenue. And uh, things just kind of kept slowly, slowly growing. And that's pretty much been it for the last five years. Wow. Sounds like a pretty interesting ride. So, um, I'm curious, you know, when you get your, when you got chamber media started, um, you know, you mentioned you got 500,000 for the first year, which is not a bad start considering most people are in the negatives after year one. <laughs> um, <laughs> now did you have a client roster that you went after? Like what was, what was the secret sauce to getting uh, started there? Yeah. So, um, I had read the four hour work week, and I, I, I right away thought this book is um, unrealistic. It's, uh, <clears throat> but the principle here is it changed the way I started thinking, right? Yep. I, I never believed I could do a four-hour work week. I still don't believe that's possible. I think that's for um, really rich people <laughs> 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 or, or hippies maybe um, <laughs> that, you know, anyways, 
uh, I read that and then I read the hundred dollar startup and, uh, I, I never, honestly, after college, it never had dawned on me that I would ever be able to start a company. I just, I was going to climb the ladder like my dad did. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I read the hundred dollar startup and then all of a sudden I realized, Oh, I could just sell my time. Um, I could just charge for my skills. Um, I don't, I didn't know any, I didn't have any great ideas to start a company. I didn't have any capital. Um, I, I didn't know anybody really in that space at all. It just wasn't connected in any way. Yeah. I had no real prospects for clients. Um, and so I just said, I'm just going to tell the world that I'm available. And, uh, I put it out there on LinkedIn and just my wife and I said, well, let's give it three months. That's how much money we've got saved. And if we get a client in that time, then we'll keep going. And I think it was literally um, the very end of that three months where we were starting to use our credit cards for personal expenses when we got our first client. And it happened to be a $60,000 client, happened to be um, uh, um, my friend's uncle, of all things. Um, and then I think once everyone on LinkedIn saw that I was really actually doing this thing, uh, then projects just kind of started to trickle in and, um, and that was it. And the insight there was, I think if I had tried to raise capital or launch some really big idea, um, I think I would have been in for a really rude awakening. And so I think just selling, uh, starting with a service, which is advice I got from James Altucher, um, on a blog post he had, he said, Hey, if you've got nothing, you got no ideas, you got nothing just start with a service. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, I what mean, I, that's what I did. Yeah. So what were you offering? Just like a video service at the time for video marketing or? Yeah. So what I started out offering was ad buying, ad buying, SEO and influencer integrations. Gotcha. So, um, people would give us a budget. We did a, but we did a budget with Acura. We did a budget with Polaroid. Um, and they would give us, you know, Iceland airlines, they would give us like 10, 20, 30, $40,000. And we would go get them a bunch of influencers for a campaign. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and then we had a few, you know, ad buying clients <laughs> as well. Uh, it was about eight months in that we started doing video production and, um, it just so happened. I pitched Nordic track on this big viral idea. They gave us 180 grand to pull it off. We got 12 influencers involved. We set up 50 treadmills in a giant barn. And we did the world's largest treadmill dance. And I produced <laughs> this $180,000 film shoot. And I'd never produced anything in my life. And I just, you know, hired a director, <laughs> hired a, a producer to, uh, to help me. And it, it blew up. It, America's Got Talent took this treadmill dance on prime time. And Nordic Track got $5 million, um, five million uh, free primetime views. Wow. And um, it, it got, you know, it got... I can't remember how many million, eight or nine million views and it drove four or five million in trackable sales. And that was it. That was, that was like the birth of, um, doing like this, you know, big production video thing with, with social ads. That's pretty sweet, man. So, so what was the hook to get you in the Forbes 30 under 30? So I, I pretty much bamboozled Forbes 30 under 30. I, um, I have a friend, Cameron Manwaring, who actually helped me on the um, Nordic track thing. And he helped, he was one of our um, vendors um, on the Kobe versus Messi thing. Mm. He really helped my success. Anyways, he gave me this, t he's like a master of viral seeding. And he, he gave me this tip that I used 
for Forbes to get onto the Forbes list. And I've, I actually posted on my LinkedIn about it too. Uh, exactly. It's called how I faked my way into the, on the Forbes list. And, um, so what I did is, um, I basically just asked all of the biggest name influencers and actors I had ever worked with to, to, um, retweet my nomination. So I had Laura Clary, who was a big Facebook influencer. She'd been in one of our, our films. We hit it off. Good friends. So she, she nominated me, um, and then and then just all these people just retweeted it. And so what happened was it got the attention of the editors, and they actually looked, looked into my stuff. Um, and that was enough social proof to get on the list. Damn. That <laughs> That's pretty cool, man. I like that story. <laughs> and what's funny is um, I told the same strategy, actually, to a friend of mine, Jan Yoshue, who um, he works at Instagram. And by by all means, he is so much more qualified and credible to be on that list, right? I think he would have gotten that list no matter what. But um, he utilized the same strategy, and I just happened to be the guy he asked to retweet the, to do the nomination. <laughs> and um, sure enough, he made the list. So that... I'd say if you got some credentials, take a crack at it. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Amazing. So, all right. So, you know, time goes by. You guys are building up uh, Chamber Media. I mean, what are some of the, how long have you guys been in business now? I think we're about five and a half years now. Okay. So five and a half years, you got some traction here, obviously. Um, and I'm curious during this time, how have you seen the, uh, social media advertising environment evolving? Yeah. So man, it's so interesting. It's so fascinating. I feel like something happened with social media that has never happened before and may never happen again with advertising. Okay. And what happened was all these social platforms popped up and they were really hungry to get content and to get creators on those platforms and publishers. So what happened was is there were more users than they were than there were good creators and it doesn't make sense that anyone would create content for free. Yeah. But people did it, right? It was this new era of make stuff for free and you'll get other opportunities from it. Yep. And um, so what you had basically for seven, eight years is you had people getting millions and millions of impressions and views for free. That's, that's never happened before. <laughs> 40, 30, 40 years ago, if you wanted to reach anybody, you got it. You had to pay a newspaper, yep. pay a magazine, a, a radio station, a TV station. There was no such thing as free media. And then what happened in the early thousands before social media took off is um, agencies like Crispin Porter and Bogusky, that agency I was at, they actually were the best at it in the world. They were named at ages top agency of the decade. They started writing creative to the press headline. And okay. so... So rather than how do we sell, how do we convince people, they said, well, how do we get the press headline? So they started getting free press. Okay, this was a new thing that, that hadn't been done. They, they invented this process. And so they started getting tons of free press, right? And this was during the breakdown of journalism. Journalism went from mostly credible to absolutely not credible, um, crony capitalist journalism. Paid off. This is when blogs were taking off. Yep. They were trying to stay relevant. Journalists were making less and less. Publishers were making less and less. Newspapers were dying. Anyways, that's where it started. And, um, and, and, and where it ended up was with social media, you could get free reach. Now, my whole point to this is that's ended. 
you can't get free reach anymore unless you are an elite, 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 top 1% of the 1% of the 1%. You are not going to get free reach, especially if you're a brand or an advertiser. And so what we have basically accepted in the last few years is you've got to pay to play. Um, you know, we were doing viral videos. We were viral seeding, um, you know, 20 to 50% of all of our views would be earned media where we, we basically got them for free. We did all yeah. these seeding techniques and we got these influencers and these press features and we were just getting free reach. Now we, we've totally ended that era. That's over. And now it's all about how good you are at ad buying and making content that sells. And it has nothing to do with how much earned media free reach you're going to get. And and by now, I think most people understand that. I think so. I mean, you see it more and more, especially as the social media platforms have evolved. It's a lot more pay to play, obviously. Um, I do still see organic on areas like Facebook, if you know how to build that up, like that momentum. Um, and um, but it, but you're right. I mean, there was a wild, wild west period <laughs> for sure. But I mean, is it fair to say, though? I mean, if you have something that is um, I guess, you know, unique and eye catching or it's really at a top of a trend. You don't think that there'd be an earned media cycle? It's possible. It's absolutely possible. Right. Um, it, it happens all the time, but it is not something you can control or plan for. Okay, so you can't, um, right. So to strategically have a process that like these other guys did, that's, that's dead. Yeah, it's almost like if somebody is telling you to pay them so that they can get you some virality, it's like red flag, <laughs> go a different direction. Okay. But if they're saying, hey, we're going to do this paid element, right? We're going to do this very predictable, methodical, re re replicable thing, but we're going to do this activation on the side and hopefully that will get some viral reach. Yeah. Then yeah. that's a good sign. Um, gotcha. But I mean, I, I try to think of like, what are the viral campaigns from the last year? You know, um, Peloton, Peloton went viral, right? Yeah, yeah. For yeah. that hor that horrible commercial that they did. <laughs> the, only, um, the last thing that I remember going viral is the uh, squatty potty from the Harmon Brothers. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? That was one of the last viral campaigns. Yeah. They, if you called them right now and said, hey, hey guys, um, how many truly organic viral hits have you had since Squatty Pipe? They would say, well, I think they posted about it. They'd say one or two. Yeah. We've had one yeah. or two, you know? And even then, I think Squatty went viral for a month or two and then the paid, the paid media kicked in. Yeah. So that yeah. was like one of the very last, and that was actually when they launched that was around the same time that we launched the Nordic Trek video. Mm. Oh, really? And oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. And, and we kind of kind of got into this game around the same time. And the Nordic Track video um, was one of our was one of our only real viral organic hits, too. After okay. that, it was usually 80, 90 percent paid after that. So but yeah, I mean, you try to think, right? You try to think of like, I mean, can you think of any other viral brand campaigns in the last year nothing's standing out to me um so yeah it is definitely a lot more scarce if they're if they're out there i haven't i just didn't catch them <laughs> yeah i mean you think back right when you think back to like old the, the last viral stuff you saw it was like 
Old Spice, what your man could smell like, um, Dollar Shave Club. Dollar Shave Club, yeah, yeah, yeah. The I Volvo semi-truck split with Van Damme, <laughs> you know. But but if you think about it, those were all like six, seven years ago. It's true. You know, you know who does pretty good is Jay Shetty. I did interview him and spoke to him and stuff. And his videos, um, some of them are, uh, you know, 20, 30 million views. I don't know if he's putting money into that or not, but... I don't think he is. I think... I think there, like I said, I think there's a space for the mega, mega elite. True, and true. these, these influencers like Jay Shetty, they break through and what happens is they get whitelisted as creators. Ah, yeah. Um, if Jay Shetty, um, was a brand, it would never happen. So someone at Facebook, an engineer or an influencer manager has manually gone in and said, Jay Shetty is a premium content influencer he brings us tens of millions of people a month. Um, he, we're going to open the algorithm to him. Mm-hmm. They do the same thing for Laura Clary is a big Facebook influencer. She completely disregarded YouTube. Um, she ignored every platform and she went all in on Facebook for a whole year and a half before Facebook even really monetized um, at all for creators. Yeah, that's interesting. So, you know, I, you know, you look at a platform like Facebook and you have your groups, your pages, and then your, your personal profiles. And, you know, we always look at it as the whole ecosystem works together, but it sounds like there's a lot of value in really putting a serious effort into your personal profile on uh, outside of just the business page. Yeah. Yeah, th- that's true. You know, but I, I don't know that many personal Facebook pages that get Mm-mm. insane reach i think facebook kind of like meters and throttles people i i think i honestly think that their engineers have figured out the exact number of likes that people the average joe needs to get to feel like he he should keep posting there (laughs) but but not so much that you know that it's because it's it's really competitive it's really saturated you know but for every jay shetty man for every Jay Shetty, there's a thousand creators who have all but disappeared, who have all but just gotten squashed. True. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, tell me a little bit about your process. I mean, you're you're in the I, media world. And- <laughs> I re- so, you know where I met Jay Shetty? Um, where is that? I, I, was, I, was, uh, I, was, I was next to his urinal in the Seattle airport when we, <laughs> and I, I was sitting there and I was, we were both, you know, going, taking a number one. And I looked over <laughs> and I was like, Hey Jay, got any inspirational thoughts for me? <laughs> <laughs> no, you did not. <laughs> I seriously. And he started cracking up we were both <laughs> midstream and he's just like, this guy just asked me some, some life hacks while we're going. To <laughs> it's like, yeah, don't piss into the wind. <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. Um, he's a cool guy, man. I I had a chat with him too, and he's um, super laid back and he's smart, smart. Hey, I was gonna ask you. Um, do you know whatever happened with that Nicole Arbor thing? Did you hear about that? Yeah, I didn't follow it too closely, so I, I don't know the outcomes of that. Nicole, um, we cast Nicole in a commercial, mm. and and uh, I gotta say it's the most negative comment feedback we've ever gotten on an ad that we had to pull it. Really? People. Yeah. Yeah. Just some things that she had put out, uh, fat shaming stuff. Um, <laughs> Jesus. so when she came out with that thing about Jay Shetty, I was just like, you know, if you got to tear someone else down, 
to build your your brand pretty much you know like come on i saw that and i was like i was like total bs like someone's trying to take jay like you know defame him and say all these things and i was like hell no i sat i sat and talked to this guy for like an hour and he was like the most genuine guy dude like he's not out there trying to like play games with people you know what i you know what i like about jay is that he didn't respond to it i I actually went and looked to see what his response would be. And I think he had the foresight and the wisdom to just not respond to it. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think anyone else, myself included, they would have, they would have freaked out about it and they would have responded to it and point more, more attention. I would take a lot of restraint and, and wisdom to just say, I'm just gonna mm-hmm. just to not even address it. Yeah, I mean, you're anxious to defend yourself. Someone's out there trying to drag your name through the mud. You know, of course, that's your knee jerk reaction, right? I mean, even yeah. Tony Robbins got up and was defending himself against um, BuzzFeed trying to, to knock him down. Oh, I didn't know about that. Oh, my God. BuzzFeed went after him like crazy. And so Tony really? Robbins, yeah, saying all kinds of like slanderous things about how he was. You know, it's always about guys like sexually assaulting women and all this stuff. And so they went after this, like a very groundless claims of all this stuff. And he had all these people who were like, that's totally not true. And he came out with videos saying like, you know, just speaking from his heart about like what's going on and how BuzzFeed is, why they're doing this and all this stuff. Interesting. Yeah, that was crazy. So, yeah, yeah. It's almost like some of those things, you know, I'm a PR major and public relations 101 is that you always respond to everything hmm. you have a response because you know what happens a lot is, is people don't respond to stuff and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger but when it's when it's totally just unfounded yeah. the best thing is to just do nothing you know Sounds it's the like hardest it, thing to do it seems like it worked for jay i think it just you know that's that's news and media it just over time it just fizzles out and people the next big thing comes around and that's it yeah, I mean, everyone's forgotten about it, and um, <laughs> yeah. it probably just made him bigger anyways. I mean, look <laughs> at Logan Paul, right? He he, he had what you would think was a career-ending move, and come to find out, he made a few mil off of it from <laughs> all the expo- exposure. And Thanks, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Sweet yeah. deal. Hey, if you're smart, you capitalize on these things. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Oh, man. Yeah, so you never know. Um so listen, I just want to get a little bit more of your thoughts on some of the, you know, like for people listening here, you know, we're all trying to find traffic, get exposure, figure out how to, you know, figure, you know, reach our specific audience. And, um, you know, at Change Creator, we talk a lot about storytelling and connecting with people that way and um, using that throughout your your digital uh, ecosystem and stuff. So you have a big focus on videos and I'm curious just based on how things have evolved, like what are some of the, um, steps that you take in the way you think and approach, uh, your marketing now? Yeah. So, so this is something really interesting. Okay. So we've been making really large video productions for a long time. And, you know, obviously when you have a big ad spend and a really big production, it makes it easier to succeed. Um, So what we spent the last year doing is we took every single ad, video ad, that we have ever made and ran, and we've managed about $55 million in ad spend over the last few years. And we took those hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of ad creatives, and we put them all into a library. We called it The Brain. And what we did is we ran, we we categorized all these ads, we gave them all names, 
Yeah. Right. So there's like six or seven types of product demonstrations. There's six or seven different types of testimonials. So we named all of these ads and then we attached their performance, how these ads performed. And we categorized everything into this library. And, and then we conducted this big research study to just find out which, what kind of ad creative gets the most performance. And we, we ended up with something that was really amazing. We did find that um, there's about seven different categories that ads can fall into that get really good performance on Facebook. Okay. And what we found is most of them are not expensive to make. So naturally, one of those, and we call them the seven foundational ads, Okay. And one of those one of those was what we call an anchor video. And an anchor video is a dollar shave club video. It's one it's one to four minutes. It's a spokesperson. It's really catchy. It's funny. Um, you know, it's it's expensive, it's large production, all that stuff. Um, that's just not realistic for I'd say 70-80% of brands out there or or causes or or social good companies, of right? Course, Most yeah. people most people don't have forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars to spend on a production, but the other six assets can all be made on an iPhone, basically in 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 your home or in your office. And the other assets were um, product demos, which just highlights the product features and you know the value points of a consumer. This can be like um, this can be you um, unboxing. Uh, or this this can be just showing how the product works. Um, then the other one is social proof, which is um, you you may weave in qu uh, quotes from uh, influencers, testimonials, uh, user generated content, blogs, um, press reviews, um, you, what your uh, review rating is on Amazon or whatever. The other one is closer ads. So these are typically um, like retargeting ads that overcome people's objections. So you write down three or four objections and you can make literally like a selfie video saying like, hey, if you're concerned about price, if you're concerned about whatever, you know, whatever it is, and you can actually retarget those people based on who goes to the checkout cart and doesn't buy. Yeah. You put yeah. a pixel there and um, those bounce to carts can get targeted um case studies so this is like um if you have any type of study or any, any type of claims or um even if it's just like a, a visualization of um showing that this thing works uh lifestyle lifestyle is is more of the brand heavy this is what you could be like this is what this feels like um yeah, yeah. A lot of times it's like really beautiful models with with like music montage type stuff. And then unboxing, unboxing, just showing the product being uh, opened and and how it's delivered and how it shows up. So those are the categories. Um, spokesperson anchor, product demo, social proof, closer ads, case study, lifestyle and unboxing. And what we've basically concluded is if a brand makes all of these types of ads and then tests them they'll very quickly be able to figure out what message works and then you'll be able to double down you know you'll be able to double down on these assets mm -hmm. um and uh and that and, and so that that's what i would share um for anyone who's wanting to 
to get people to take action, uh, whether that's a social good company. We're working with a company right now, social good company called 8 Billion Trees. They, yeah. have you heard of those guys? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, awesome. I yeah. Aware, so but I do know, I, I have heard it. Yeah. So we're doing an anchor video with them right now and we're going to create all these ads for them. And we're trying to get people to buy bracelets um, to fund the planting of trees. And so, so the takeaway here is exactly how a brand would act is how a social good company can act. Because ultimately, you got to get people to take action. You got to get them convinced yeah. and converted. Yeah. And have they tested that? Have people been excited about doing the product for a tree? We haven't launched yet. We just started work with them a few weeks ago. So we're in the pre-production script writing phase right now. So if you have any good ideas, you know. <laughs> no, but I know that, um, you know, they had the other group, 4Ocean or something like that. And um, they, for every pound of trash they take out of the ocean, um, they take a pound of trash out of the ocean for every bracelet that they sell. Oh, cool. I'll have to check them out. What's, yeah. What are they called? The number 4Ocean, 4Ocean couple awesome. surfer dudes you know started doing this trash pickup and then they started making these bracelets and started selling them and it became a big freaking deal and now they sell other things like shirts and stuff oh cool i gotta study them <laughs> yeah so it's pretty cool um uh sounds i mean listen i love those the way you categorize the videos and you know obviously people will just have to work on the different kind of the content they put in there and make it kind of quick. Like we've, we've done a lot of videos on our side and we notice, you know, you really got to speak in the right terms for your audience specifically. And we notice like certain things that fall in line with their worldviews and things like that. Wow. They just catch on so much more compared to other videos that just die early, <laughs> you know? So it mm -hmm. makes a huge difference. Yeah. 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 It's like, it's like the new virality now is conversion. It's like, if you see an ad out there that's running on Facebook and it's got a few hundred thousand views or a few million views, odds are that it's, it's really a profitable ad. Yeah. And, and, uh, and I love it because I prefer it because virality is difficult. You can spend a lot of money and get nothing with ads. You've got the most powerful targeting platform in, in the history of mankind. You know, okay. not only <clears throat> not only can you target people based on their self-identified interests, but with Facebook, they they have pulled all this third-party data um, for rewards cards where people shop, um, Nielsen data of what people what TV shows people watch, um, credit card data on on where you've traveled. I mean, it's really creepy, and, <laughs> yes. and obviously everyone's really concerned about the ethics of it. Um, but at the same time, I feel like the silver lining of the evil Facebook, um, you know, brand right now is how many entrepreneurs have been minted because of them that never would have had a chance. Yep. Myself included. Absolutely. So for everything bad that people say Facebook's done, they've allowed, they've, de they've basically democratized startups. Anyone can start a company now because anybody can re reach their customer. I mean, look at us, Chamber Media, right? You would never think you could run ads to get someone to spend $100,000 on a video production. That just seems <laughs> impossible. But we started doing it um, four or five months ago, and every $6,000 in ad spend, we get a few hundred grand of, of work. That's amazing. And it's just like, that is just crazy that you could reach people that are even like, you know, 
in that position. It's just wild. Yeah, I mean, it pays off to have a high ticket product. I mean, you know, when we started, we were sitting here doing magazine subscriptions for 50 bucks, which means your marketing spend kind of sucks. And now we have a $2,000 program and it makes all the difference because you have much more flexibility with your, your marketing budgets. Yeah, and it's just like that never would have been possible with print or radio or TV. Mm. No. No, I mean, I, I always liked Facebook. We've gone all in on Facebook this year, or actually last year, and or now this year too. And, um, you know, other platforms, yeah, we kind of been just putting to the side. I think Facebook just has the most powerful ecosystem. And we've kind of started to figure out some of the ways to build up organics and all that stuff. But they're, you're right, the advertising technology that they have is, is bar none the best. You know, another interesting thing we've seen is... Um is Google, Google and YouTube are a big opportunity. And what we notice, the more we spend on Facebook, on all of our accounts, the, uh, the more successful Google and YouTube become. And so huh. uh, Google and YouTube actually usually end up being 20 to 30% of our overall ad spend because people get interrupted by Facebook and they get introduced to it, but then they go and do research, they go search, um, or they go watch YouTube videos around that certain topic or need that they have yeah and and then boom there you are so that works in tandem well too and i'm i'm really excited i feel like um youtube and facebook have had kind of like the the oligopoly yeah but it's further democratizing into pinterest and and snapchat and tiktok i i'm the most excited about pinterest and tiktok i think i don't know if you've been on tiktok yes I, i thought it was the dumbest thing a year ago and now I feel like it is the best social platform and I spend the most time on it because I feel like it's, it's enabled more people who would never be creative to be creative. It's true. Uh, I did. I made an account on TikTok because I was like, all right, this time I'm getting in on the ground floor. <laughs> and I just um, I haven't stuck with it too well. I don't know about you. I mean, I'm just dabbling in it, yeah. you know, but I think it is going to be huge. And it's owned by um, the Chinese company. Oh, shoot. What are they called? I can't remember. But they've got bottomless funding. Well, that's the thing. And so I don't know if they opened up advertising yet, but, you know, there's going to be a point where this is going to be like you can get a shit ton of, you know, uh, attention. Uh, for a very low cost, like the wild, wild west will happen on TikTok, but then just like Facebook, it'll go away. Yeah, it will. Yeah. I think I give it like a year. Probably. I mean, I've thrown up a couple of videos on TikTok to get like 4,000 views and I'm just like, what the heck? <laughs> That's awesome. All right. I got to dabble on that. I did sign up. I got to make it happen here. I just, you know, I have, I don't have the attention span to like, get on all these different platforms. It drives me crazy. Oh, I know. It's it's just like you could spend so much time and effort and just get nowhere. That's why I love ads, man. I love ads. You you dial in your creative and your assets and you just let it run and the lookalikes build and get bigger and it just Yeah. The Facebook AI does all the work for you and you just sit back and just make money. You know, we have a client, Transparent Labs. He is the coolest story I've ever heard of. So it was him and a partner. He he hired us to do this big campaign. Uh, he had done 2 million in the past and, um, just off of affiliates and and some organic search. So we launch, right. And all of a sudden he, we, we take him to 12 million a year just on basically on autopilot. He has no employees. He, he sources through a three PL 
So his 3PL, you know, the, the, his manufacturer, um, supplier and shipper, they, they front all of his inventory costs for him because it's so steady. Wow. Uh, they take care of his customer service. He literally does nothing. He does two or three email blasts a month. That's literally <laughs> all he does. He sends us a check. He, in the ads run, and it's our easiest account that we run. And then, you know, he just got acquired for like 10 mil. And it's just like, that Jesus. is the power of, of ads. Uh, like, how do, you, how do you do 24 million in two years with no employees? What, what, is, what, was his, what is his business? It's, um, it's pre-workout supplements. It's like the most competitive, impossibly saturated market. And for two years, two and a half years in a row, been averaging five to one return on ad spend. Wow. Six figure ad spend a month. Wow. Wow. That's the thing. You got to be like like you said, you got to be willing to pay to play. I mean, you can't go in and be like, I'm going to spend a hundred bucks on a Facebook ad. And if I don't get any results, (laughs) it's not working. Like you got to be willing to test and do like collect data for several thousand dollars before you can really even start scaling anything. Yeah. We've seen the same thing. Like you got to have four or five grand saved. Yeah. Um, Just otherwise it's just, it's just like you're not feeding you're not like feeding the the artificial intelligence enough no. data no. to to work no and you know even guys like russell say the same thing he's like you know when he gets a new funnel he's got to put five grand into it just to get the data to iterate and optimize it before he really scales it you know and and we've learned that the hard way too because we would do like a thousand here a thousand there rather than really putting like four or five into something that's like iterated over time and um that's the way it goes. It works out though. Yeah. You know, um, I'll tell you a trick. This is really shady. Okay. <laughs> um, there is a, I can't remember what it's called. Is it called lead force? I can't remember. Oh yeah. But there's a tool that, and this is not going to last. There's a, there's a tool where you can pull user IDs from any Facebook group you want and then target them with ads. Interesting. Yeah. I, so, why do I feel so like you I know, like that? Facebook groups are probably the most, niche targeted yeah properties on the web anywhere right yeah I agree. and and you can target and that's that's what we're doing with chamber and our our own ads and holy crap it is it's like stealing candy from a baby it's like ridiculous <laughs> interesting lead force i'll check it out i think it's i want to say it's lead let me look I'm, i gotta too. make sure that i'm not speaking out of I, I want to say it is lead force solutions, digital marketing. I don't think that's it. Lead force three. No, nah, I don't think that's it. Oh shoot. I don't know what it is. Um, Should I just search for hacking Facebook groups? <laughs> um, let me, dang it. I, I wish I knew what it was to say it on here on this episode, but all right, well we can always put it in the show notes if you can come up with it. <clears throat> okay, cool. Yeah, I don't see anything. Anyway, all right. I took a look here, but I'm not seeing anything obvious come up. But would it be interesting? Group leads? Group leads? No, it is... <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Lead and force. Like the A-N-D? Lead and force? Lead and force. E-N-F-O-R-C-E. Lead and force. Oh, like one word. I got you. Oh. Yeah, there it is. And the other one we're looking into now is mail biz. Anyways, I don't know how black hat this is. It's, <laughs> it's total sorcery, but holy crap, man. It's, I'm going to, 
we're going to do a, few, a couple extra million of revenue this year because of it. That's interesting. Well, maybe I'll start a different Facebook ad account so I don't get shut down. <laughs> I know, right? But it's like weird though, because it's like completely separate. So you're like pulling these user IDs out of this this tool, and then you're you're manually putting them to your account. So it's pretty. I mean, it's pretty above board in that regard. All right, well, it's like pretty jump, much zero risk. But jump in on something before it goes away. <laughs> it's not going to last. But I mean, but it's like, dang, you get you pull user IDs on a few super targeted groups, and run, run, you run some good spend behind that. Your lookalikes just became unlimited. Yeah, and super, literally like perfect. <laughs> I love that. Awesome, yeah. dude. Listen, okay. Um, let's let me give you. Why don't you give a shout out? Where can people find you? Learn more. Maybe they want to work with you. All that kind of good stuff. Yeah, if you want to work with us, go to uh, www.chamber.media and hit us up on the contact form. If you want to follow any of my content or thought leadership stuff, um, just Travis Chambers on LinkedIn. Hit the follow button. I I post um, three or four times a, a week there. And you can follow Travis on TikTok. He's all over that. Yeah, I've got four posts on TikTok. <laughs> don't, don't, what is it? Everyone's on TikTok says, don't let this flop. That's the thing. Don't I'm let it flop. <laughs> all right, Travis, man. Appreciate your time, all the good stuff you're doing, and uh, we'll catch up with you later. That's Thanks, all for Adam. this episode. Your next step is to join the change creator revolution by downloading our interactive digital magazine app for premium content, exclusive interviews, and more ways to stay on top of your game. Available now on iTunes and Google Play or visit changecreatormag.com. We'll see you next time where money and meaning intersect right here at the Change Creator Podcast. Thank <laughs> you.